what we do here is go back, 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 back. Well, my first thought is, if you thought that Twitter was going to be a place where you could come with rational, logical, and unbiased opinions, you're drinking at the wrong bar, my friend. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me as always is Andy McDonald. And we are getting into the thick of things before free agency even happens. This is where people start getting cut. And we got some big things happening in Raider Nation right now. So first off, Andy, how you doing? Doing well, as always. Um, you know, it's a interesting time. Um, we are approaching... We are approaching the draft season. We are approaching mock draft season, absolutely, um, and take season, as we will get into. But um, a lot of things to cover. Um, first thing we will touch on is is just some Raider news. There's some things that came out, you know, in the last couple of days that um, we want to hit on, and then we will break into our linebacker draft breakdown. And that's you know we've got to the D line, um, covered the edge side of the ball as well, aligned with the interior defensive line um, we'll get into some backers so yeah excited to get into this and then at the end I, I have a couple things I want to touch on I just told Micah that I need to rant about a couple things he doesn't know what's going on but I, I hope it's it's good content and, and something that we can at least um, go back and forth of so as it relates to you know let's get it started with some Raider news so do you want to kick us off a little bit with some recent things that hit the press this week well, first off, we got the most notable news for Raider Nation uh, happened today, and that was offensive guard Gabe Jackson was cut and released, saves us $9.6 million, zero dead cap money. As everyone is aware, we he was someone on the radar, on the top 10 of guys we might see become a cap casualty. We talked about it, keep him or cut him. We both were on the side of wanting to keep him, and it is unfortunate. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think it's something that I didn't necessarily want to happen, but as I dove into it, as you and I talked a little bit more, um, it was something where we had Denzel Good, um, we have Richie that we don't know if we're going to bring him back or not. So, um, and there's options in free agency. So, if that clears up nine mil and we're able to slide someone in there and be able to be just as effective or a little bit lower than his his play, I think it's it's worth freeing up some cap for for what we have in free agency. So. Who knows? Um, I think that kind of gets us into the next topic, which is Trent Brown. I think, you know, there was some talks about whether we're going to keep him or not. Do we shop him? He is posting a lot of workout videos, which is great for his camp um, and also great for us to trade him um, and have teams buy high on that sense. So I, I think it's something that like cutting Gabe gave us a better shot to really make the decision on Trent and, have it come down to more of a consensus of like, is he worth it or not compared to being cap strapped on both ends. So I'm not super happy because I do like Gabe, but I, I understand the reason behind it. So um, as we move into Trent, um, how are you feeling just with, you know, the, the rumors being that he may be shopped, may not be, um, where do you think we go? I know it's kind of early to tell, but initial thoughts on your end. Yeah. I think that, you know, with how much money we, invested in the offensive line it it seemed like it was one of those things where someone was gonna go it was gonna be out of Gabe and it was gonna be out of Trent 
And I think getting rid of Trent hurt us more than getting rid of Gabe, just because, um, like you said, we kind of got some some guys we can plug in there and, you know, potentially not have much drop off, if any. I think that it is very interesting that word is out there that we're shopping him. That is what it is. You know, if we can get something for him, fantastic. You know, I kind of mentioned I thought Gabe had some some trade value, uh, but apparently just cutting him loose was the way they decided they wanted to go. But I don't know. Ultimately, I think we end up keeping Trent unless we were to get something that was well worth dealing him. And then you're really talking about Raiders targeting some offense alignment early on in the draft after that. But all in all, I think we kind of, I think we stick with Trent. I think it was one of those things where one of them was going to have to go. We saw Gabe go first. So they're probably not trying to get rid of Trent, but if they're shopping him and they can get something for him, they might. That'll obviously free up a bunch, but it's an interesting carousel that continues to go around with Trent. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where, just like you said, we, we have to figure out who we're going, you know, who's going to go first. And so Gabe went first, which is fine. Um, and then we can really evaluate whether Trent's in the right physical shape, whether he's in the right mindset to actually be ready to go and be ready to rock for who we actually, you know, signed him for. So, which was the richest deal at the time um, for an offense tackle. But um, if we do consider keeping him, we, you know, once again, we have Denzel Good, who we, I hope we resign um, just from a rotational value and also, we have your guy, John Simpson, who can step up and, and beat the guy. So who knows what they see in that? You know, once again, there's also Richie who we could bring back. So we have options, um, a lot more to be, you know, told about that story with our offensive line. But even then, it was something we talked about <laughs> throughout the last year, which it was a revolving door. So we can't just sit here and say it was picture perfect. And and why are we ruining this you know, thing? So you know, last thing I wanted to touch on is your, we wanted to cover is Kyle Van Noy was released from the Dolphins, um, who is someone that signed a pretty big deal, you know, as we get into this, you know, draft breakdown of the backers, just your thoughts overall about how you feel about that. And, and you know, he's someone that could fit the scheme that we have, but um, I know you and I traded some back and forth content just around whether he, he could be some, someone that we pursued in free agency, but just thoughts there overall. Yeah, it was very interesting when he, you know, we found out that he ended up getting cut. I, I think that it would definitely be someone that I'd want the Raiders to kind of kick the tires on, potentially bring in, you know, to fill that Sam position that we have on the edge. Uh, he kind of is one of those guys that has always kind of played in a 3-4 outside linebacker kind of role, but he's someone that can cover if needed, but also set the edge and get after the quarterback as well. So, I think when you're going into it and we talk about looking at different people in free agency, uh, Melvin Ingram and some people to kind of bring in, this might be one of those guys that you might be able to get on a lower end of deal. He just had a mega deal that, you know, essentially got cut off with the Dolphins. Four years, 51 million, 30 guaranteed. And, you know, it might might be one of those situations where I guess a little bit of an older guy, uh, but you could bring him in on not such a premium contract as he signed or as someone else is going to want to you know kind of get going into free agency or whatnot so very interesting but I do think that he should definitely be on the radar for someone the Raiders should bring in especially going in with a new defensive coordinator agreed no I I think it's someone that is is very intriguing I you know it would be the you know what do we bring him in at you know I think that's kind of what we're coming down to is we make our cuts we figure out what our cap space is and then 
plug and play, right? I think as much as we need some development on the defensive side, we also need some veteran leadership. So, um, you know, there's, there's going to be rules for those guys, but Mayock has, has commonly been, you know, someone who waits and sees how it falls and, and then makes his move from there. doesn't get over aggressive and over commits in that sense. So interesting notes, um, you know, Gabe parting ways with him, you know, we'll see what happens with Trent Brown and then also with the Van Noy situation, but something definitely to monitor on our end and we'll see how it, you know, we'll see how everything goes, but let's get into these, um, linebacker draft prospects. So I was very conflicted as I told you. Um, so we have the top two, which the number one player is named Micah. So I, I didn't know if I like, should I take Micah? You know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel right about that, but then there's also, um, JOK, which Mike has been very big on both of them are his guys. So, um, I, I ended up deciding to say, Hey, you've already done a, enough on this guy. Um, take Micah Parsons. So what do you got about Micah Parsons? Number one linebacker, someone the Raiders should consider absolutely. If he falls to 17 thoughts on him overall. Yeah. So obviously to start off with purely based off the name, you know, he's an elite athlete. That's just given, uh, but Micah Parsons, six, three, 245 junior out of Penn State. I will preface this by saying if he's even remotely close to being there at 17, the Raiders should absolutely take him. But he was a huge standout the first two years of his college career. The biggest impact that he made for Penn State came in 2020 when he opted out of the season and their defense turned to a complete trash. They were just absolutely terrible without him. Some of his pros, elite athleticism, very rangy. He's very elite with his lateral movement. Uh, you hear a lot refer- reference to sideline to sideline type of linebacker. Uh, he gets downhill very fast. He's a great blitzer. He's very physical and hard hitting. He's going to come at you. He's going to lay some hat. He can get around linemen quickly. He can blow things up in the backfield. He's just an all-around fantastic player. Uh, he can drop into coverage. He's great at spying the quarterback, and he can stop the run. He really can do it all. He doesn't have a whole lot of cons. A few, if you were to nitpick him, is that sometimes his aggressiveness can backfire on him. He's very good instinctually and uh, with his physical abilities that he kind of rides on that sometimes and you know will be too aggressive with things. He needs to work on his man coverage a little bit on tight ends and running back. Great dropping into zone. Can cover, but going into the NFL, he's going to need to get a little bit better at that. And then also shedding blocks when he actually engages. With his athleticism, he's been able to use his speed to get around people or, you know, use his instincts to beat someone to a spot to where he's not having to, you know, really hand fight with any lineman or anything like that. So shedding those blocks when he gets engaged. Uh, He's going to project as a Mike linebacker. He's going to be able to fit into any scheme. My player comp for him, a little bit of some high praise, but I'm going to say Luke Keekley. That's his player comp. Um, not as good of a coverage linebacker as Keekley, because he might be the best to ever do it. But if he can round out and become very well at his man-to-man coverage, I think that's the kind of guy you're going to see him be, is that Superman in the middle of the field that you're going to ask to do everything, and he's going to be able to do everything. Yeah, I, l- I like that comparison too. I mean, I think Keekley was pretty elite in coverage, but also I think um, Parsons is more athletic, more explosive, so... Um, I think that's a good comparison overall. And I think, man, he's someone that, you know, if he's there at 17, the Raiders jump all over, but uh, I'm going to go to number two. We have who baby Um, Jeremiah 
Owusu Koromoa, and we just call him J-O-K, and if the Raiders select him, we will be A-O-K, 6-1, 220-plus, Notre Dame, um, that's where he's coming from, so some of his strengths, um, really just his speed, man, he is so fast, he's so quick, he recognizes plays, he's able to digest them, you know, early and often, he's able to read and react, um, that's a lot of the things you want to see out of a linebacker at that second level, is be able to have that um, instinctual value, be able to just see things and go. And he's also, you know, scheme versatile. I think he can play inside linebacker. He can play outside linebacker. You can, man, you can play him as a safety. I don't care. I think he's so, he can move all around the defense. He's just a defensive weapon at this point. And my, my pro comp is it, it's high praise as well, but I think he's a combination of Devin white and Derwin James. Um, I think he has the size and the fit um, and really the, like the use combo, right? So I think he has the size of, of uh, Derwin James, um, a little bit more lean, um, not as tall, but, and then Devin White is more so the instinctual speed, sideline to sideline. Um, both those guys, elite athletes, um, both of them have been um, selected and fit into a good system to be able to take over and, and be able to, you know, play the role that they need to play. So um, that's where I see JOK. I would be stoked if he did fall to us at 17, but he has a lot of, um, you know, late buzz coming on in, in that sense. But that's, you know, both those two are pipe dreams. Um, and I think if we end up with either one of them, man, we would be stoked coming out of round one. So who do you got for number three as our linebacker prospect? Well, I will say just a, a little side note real quick is that I did actually accidentally information prep for jok instead of micah parsons earlier today realized the issue but when i got down to the player comp my thought was um devin white jamal adams so going with that mixture of that linebacker safety mixture very interesting that you went with the derwin james devin white that's why we are podcast partners yes so at number three we've got jamin davis 6'3, 235 junior out of kentucky some of his pros, uh, he's fast for his size. And uh, once again, another guy that can move sideline to sideline, cover a lot of ground. Uh, he's very long and rangy, and he's got high playmaking potential in the passing game, in, in coverage. He's very explosive, very physical. Some of the cons that he has, he doesn't have a whole lot of tape. He kind of exploded on the scene in 2020. So uh, the question mark is, is he a fat flash in a pan? Is that the max of what he's got? Is he at a spot where he can still continue to grow? His edge setting and fighting through traffic is kind of so-so. Like I said, very athletic and can move all, all around the field and agile. But when he gets mixed up in things, um, trying to set the edge with linemen, he's got to work on his ability to just fight through blocks and stuff like that. He's going to be a project with extreme upside, but it's going to kind of be a little bit of a buyer beware situation uh, because just as much I feel like as his ceiling is high, um, I feel like his floor can be pretty low as well. He's going to be one of those guys that you're probably going to bring in and work him in rotationally and and hopefully he can kind of uh, blossom. He's going to project uh, as a will linebacker in the NFL for blitz and coverage purposes, very similar to where you would see JOK being uh, kind of positioned when it comes to linebackers are concerned. My pro comp for him is going to be Darius Leonard, coming out both very, very similar size-wise, similar attributes, but also similar worries. And we see Darius Leonard, you know, blossom into an elite defensive player, but he's going to be one of those kind of guys where 
You're gonna play him at the will linebacker. He's not gonna gonna he's not gonna have to come off the field unless maybe you went into a dime package. But yeah. Yep. Love it. He he's a stud, man. So I, I think this this whole group is actually, you know, pretty stacked in in a sense where we can either if we take someone at 17 or if we are lucky enough to have someone at 48, I think we'll be in a good spot. So um, my next guy is Zavin Collins, um, 6'3", out of Tulsa, 260. This guy is a beast. He's a big dog. Um, Three-year starter, so a ton of production there. He's someone that can read and attack, get down a hill very quickly, um, and has just shown an unlimited amount of you know, overall just production and, and value for his defense. Um, Tulsa, not a big school um, to write home about, but I think that's something that he has excelled at and just been the dude there. Um, all in all, but another thing that he really does, you know, well is, is actually coverage. So he, he, he's able to, you know, read and react in the run game and also man up and, and be able to move well and in, in coverage. And I think that's something that will be valued at the next level, um, especially where the NFL is going. So a couple question marks, I think he is explosive. I think he does have some good, um, some good sideline and sideline speed speed, but really it's like, he kind of lacks pursuit a little bit um, and, and some sort of rallying effort when the ball goes away from him and he gets tied up. So um, I think from the backer perspective, the second level, you want those guys to rally. You want them to attack and chase after, after the ball and be able to make some plays and be able to, whenever it's a cutback or anything like that. So I think those are some things that whether it's energy, whether it's effort, I'm not sure. I'm not going to call, call him out on his character by any means, but I think he does. He is explosive, but does he really always give it his all and be able to to get to the point of attack? So um, my pro comp is Eric Kendricks, Minnesota Vikings. You know, size. I think he excels in coverage. Um, I think he's able to play the run and also um, stay on the field to be in those third and longs, third and sevens, etc. So um, that's how I see Zayvon Collins. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be uber productive, um, but I think you're going to have to have the right leadership around him and also the right scheme fit to really make him hit his ceiling, you know? So that's who I got. Um, number five to you. Number five is going to be Joe Tryon, 6'5", 262 pound junior out of Washington. Uh, some of his pros are his overall size and athletic ability. Uh, he's just got raw power freak of an athlete. He's very physical. He can set the edge. He can power through blocks. He's got a good first step. He's quick and he's agile. So he's going to be someone who, uh, you know, on the edge there can run straight through you or he can, you know, get around you quickly and is very versatile in that sense. Ironically enough, one of his cons is his size as well. Uh, he's a little small for like a straight up DN, hand in the dirt, 4-3 DN. He is a little bit larger on the size of kind of a pure coverage linebacker. So he's someone that is going to excel in kind of a three, four outside linebacker situation. Um, some type of hybrid defense that's going to get him, you know, kind of mainly rushing the quarterback, but he can also do some things in zone and and just kind of more of an edge guy. We talked about it before when we were talking about the edge players. I think this is another one of those guys that's, that's like, we, we put him in the linebacker group. I, you know, same thing with Collins too. We actually talked about it. We put him in the linebacker group because you know, they're categorized as an edge guy, but, you know, where do they fall within, whether it's a D end, whether it's a backer kind of thing. So he needs to work on fighting through double teams. Um, he's good at using his power to get off of blocks and stuff like that. But when he's double teamed, not as much. Um, and then just like angles to the ball carrier, uh, just kind of getting those down once he does get off of blocks, once he is, you know, in the backfield, tracking down guys. My player comp for him, 
Brian Arakpo, uh, someone that who was kind of um, on that same same level of like Izzy's hand in the dirt rusher is the outside linebacker kind of thing going on. You know, he ended up being very successful pass rusher at a D end, but similar size, similar build coming out of college and whatnot. So yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting on how teams end up using him. Best fit's gonna be in like a three, four defense where they can just let him do, you know, multiple things, get him in a, in a hybrid situation. Yeah. I love the comp. Um, I love the Arakpo. I think that's spot on. So um, I'm going to get to our last linebacker prospect here. That's Nick Bolton. So um, six foot, um, 230 out of Missouri. So, um, I mean, this guy flies. He flies all across the field. You know, speed is electric. Um, you can tell it on tape. He's explosive. I think the lateral range fits a lot with what the NFL is going right now with what they're looking for. I mean, even in that, you know, the three, four scheme, having a Mike linebacker that can go sideline to sideline is important. So, I think a lot of those things um, are, are pros. And I think, you know, some of, you know, his energy, the way he rallies, the way he just brings it um, every, every play is, is something that really stands out on tape, but um, a little undersized from a length perspective, um, six foot is fine. Um, but, you know, can he engage, can he shed blockers, things like that. Um, but really, I think my, my biggest question mark is, is, is really when it comes to um, zone coverage, can he excel in zone coverage? I think, you know, if you man him up on someone where, hey, that's your guy, yeah, he can run and chase, he can be he can be that guy, but can he sit in zone, can he pass off, does he have the recognition, I think that's something he didn't show as much at Missouri, so that, that, that's really it, I, I think that he's going to be, um, he's not as polished as, as some of the guys, you know, that we mentioned before, and I think really it, he makes up for it with, with, with speed, with, with his physicality, and also just the kind of run and chase effort that he brings, um, my pro comp um, is, is Devin Bush. So if, if you remember Devin Bush coming out of college, you know, he's someone that was a little bit shorter, but he also had a good build um, and had that energy too, right? Where he could, he could plug the middle, he could shed, um, he could, he could run and chase sideline to sideline. He got, actually got picked in the top 15. I don't think he's as polished as Devin Bush. I don't think he's going to get drafted as high as Devin Bush, but I think he has similar impact um, for what, you know, teams are looking for really the aggressive, energetic playmaker that that can be exposed in coverage and also can be limited um, depending on the down and distance. So that's my guy, Nick Bolton. I really like that dude. Um, I, I would be stoked if we, you know, went a different way in the first round and ended up snagging him in the second. So um, that's what we got for linebacker prospect breakdown. Um, hope that gives you guys a good idea of what we're, what we're looking at. These rankings are not the tried and true um, of, of, of what everyone else has seen, but it, it's, it's relatively close to really the six prospects that sticked out to us. So, um, you know, excited about that. But um, the last segment is, is really my rant. Um, and so I could have gone a lot of different ways with this. And I just told Micah, I'm just going to rant at the end. And he's like, cool. You know, he's a great partner, always open to this. So one of these things is just an observation and I, you can address it if you want. But originally I had Twitter as my first topic of ranting. It's part of Twitter, but I, I don't know if I even really need to go into it. You have a lot more exposure with it, but um, as everyone knows, I'm, I'm five to six months in, right? And I've experienced a lot. Um, you know, I have two posts at this point um, on Twitter and, and, you know, overall, like seven or eight likes in total, you know, can't complain. Not a ton of followers, like, subscribe, follow me, no big deal. But what I will tell you is that it's a very unhealthy platform and, and things bother me 
often actually. And so could have gone a lot of different ways with this, but this was something that got released today that I wanted to bring to your attention and someone that I follow and respect true and true. Um, so Chris Sims is, is he has a podcast that I, I listen to every week, right? I'm very loyal. I, I and it's mostly because, you know, I respect his analysis, the way he looks at the game. Um, and so he released his top draft QB rankings. So it was like seven o'clock this morning, woke up and this is what his rankings were. Number one, Trep, nope, not Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Number two, Trevor Lawrence. Number three, Mac Jones. Number four, Kellen Mond. Number five, Justin Fields. Number six, Trey Lance. And so you and I had already talked about quarterbacks and, and I have my feelings, but also I'm like, hey, I respect this guy. I, I know he watches film. I know he looks at the tape as deep as anyone. So that's just an observation. And the comments were absolutely insane. Oh, People bet. were like, you're an idiot, blah, blah. But looking back on it, he had last year, Herbert over Tua. Everyone sees how that panned out. Um, the year before, kind of chalk. Everyone had the same thing. The prior year, that was Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. He ranked them Lamar, Josh Allen, Baker, Sam Darnold. At the end, ended up flipping it to Josh Allen's the best, Lamar Jackson's right there, Baker, Sam Darnold. And everyone just crushed him, just crushed him. Year before that, Pat Mahomes. Hmm. as his number one guy, right? And if you remember, it was Mitch, Deshaun, Pat Mahomes. So I looked at this and I'm like, dude. So the Zach Wilson and, and, and Trevor Lawrence, I feel like we could talk about for a long time. I'm not even gonna talk about that. Mac Jones, Kellen Moore in between Justin Fields, Trey Lance, I'm a little concerned about, but I think it's fair. That Who was that one after Mac Jones? Kellen Mond, Texas A&M quarterback. Not so, Kellen Moore? Not Kellen Moore. You just said Kellen Moore. <laughs> well, sometimes I think about Kellen Moore and it, he just <laughs> Kellen Mond. Sorry. Texas AM. It's okay. I I I can't I can't escape Kellen Moore. <laughs> but what I will tell you is that he is someone that I do respect. And I was like to the point where I'm like, I have to go back and I have to look at this tape. So um I wanted to bring that up, but like even Twitter was like, You're an idiot, you're so dumb. We love you whatever it's, it's, it's everything in between. And I'm just like, mix of emotions. no one has actual like good takes here. It's, it's like, there's no respect either way. It's like, I feel like, and, and it's not fair either way. Right. Like you can't expect, you know, Jim who goes and at to the lumber yard to be like, Hey, I'm going to watch that tape. He's going to be like, you're fucking wrong about Mac Jones at three, whatever. Right. But also I'm just like, I think we're too used to just trusting what we see draft analysts, which I'm, I'm one of those, not draft analysts, but I'm one of those where I'm like, yeah, I agree here, you know, go watch the tape is all I'm saying. Yeah. So that's more of a rant. Don't like, you can bring your observations, but I actually have a quiz at the end or more, not a quiz, more so like a, give me your facts. Cool. Okay. So this last one is a QB conversation that I just wanted to bring up. And so I was hanging with the guys you weren't there. So there were some of the guys, not all the guys, because you are my guy. Hmm. But we had a conversation and someone brought it to my attention like, hey, and, and this is actually true. They're like, hey, your podcast is cool. Do you and Micah talk about Derek Carr a lot? And I'm like, well, 
if our podcast is cool, you would know and you would listen, you would like subscribe, <laughs> right? But also we we have conversations on the side, but not a ton of, you know, whatever, right? And so it's like, so he was basically saying, so he's a Niner fan. And I'm like, hey, not cool with you, but he's like, I get it. He's like, hey, Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. I'm like, thank God, right? But also he's like, when do you move on? Because I feel like Carr is the perfect example of like, you're right there and you need a supporting cast, but is he the guy to take you from good to great? Is he good? Yes. Is he, is he right? Maybe. Is he the solution? I don't know. Right. So we started having this conversation around, you know, kind of the new trend of the NFL and like where it's going. And, and really it started with Cardinals take Josh Rosen trade up with the Raiders traded uh, 10 to 15. We took missed out on Minka didn't trap Derwin James. No big deal. Um, and then use that third round pick for Martavius Bryant, but who cares about it? Right. Anyway, So the Cardinals draft Josh Rosen at 10 next year, they trade Josh Rosen. They have the number one pick take Keller Murray. So it was basically like one year wiper hands we're done. Right. So I will get into this last part of the rant and it's really just a, um, you know, based off of what I just shared around, you know, moving off of quarterbacks, things like that. So just an exercise up to you. I just want your input here. So which quarterback would you bet hundred percent that they will be this team's QB one in the next four years? So we're going to start with the AFC West. We have first Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Okay. Pretty, pretty easy one there. We have the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. Yes. Now this is where it gets interesting. Denver Broncos, Drew Locke. No. Okay. Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. No. Okay. AFC North, we have Lamar Jackson four years from now. Yes? Yes. Okay. Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben. No. God willing. Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns. Yes. Okay. Um, and then we have the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Yes. Um, Texans, Deshaun Watson. No. Colts, Carson Wentz. No. Titans, Ryan Tannehill. No. Jacksonville Jaguars, Garner Minshew. No. I'm not even going to give that four months. <laughs> exactly. Um, New England Patriots, Cam Newton. No. Dolphins, Tua. No. Jets, Sam Darnold. No. Bills, Josh Allen. Yes. Okay. Yay, AFC East. That <laughs> one. Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Yes. Okay. We have the LA Rams, Matt Safford. Yes. Four years from now. Oh, sorry. I guess I got to go now because you said 100%. I mean, I'm, that, that's all it is. I'm not trying to convince yeah. you one way, but 40 years, no, 100. Right. And that's, and going back to it, that's the only reason I said no on Derek Carr, because you said we had to be 100% on four years. Okay. So fair I'm enough. Gonna say, I'm going to say no on Matt Stafford. Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Yes. Okay. Niners, Jimmy G. No. Packers, Aaron Rodgers. No. Vikings, Kirk Cousins. No. Uh, Bears, Trubisky slash Foles. <laughs> no <laughs> I, I didn't know what to, who to put there um detroit lions jared goff no 
Sorry, NFC North. Um, Bucks, Tom Brady. No. Here's a threefer if you're into that kind of thing. Um, New Orleans Saints, Breeze Hill, or Jameis Winston. No. Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan. No. Okay. Carolina Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater. No. Washington football team just recently cut Alex Smith, so Taylor Heineke. <laughs> no. If you're saying Kyle Allen, I might say yes. but <laughs> yeah. um, Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. No. New York Giants, Daniel Jones. No. Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. No. Okay, so if we're looking at it, and then this is once again, and I agree with basically all of what you said. We have a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight quarterbacks that you would 100% bet on that they would be QB1 in four years, right? So that's ending the 21, 22, 23, ending 2024 season going into the draft, right? Mm -hmm. So granted, there are the quarterback needy teams, Jaguars, Jets, et cetera, right? But basically... Mahomes, Herbert. So Mahomes, obviously. Herbert, who showed a lot. Who knows what his next couple of years will be. Looks good. Lamar Jackson in a contract year. Baker Mayfield, who I think there's there's a conversation there at least. Right? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't disagree with you because I would have probably said yes, but also like he could easily plateau and they could move on within two years. Um, Joe Burrow, 100% agree with. Josh Allen, 100% agree with. Um, Russell Wilson, I, I get what you're saying in the sense of like he's good enough to be there for the next four years if they could just figure their shit out in the next couple months. But you don't know, you know, who knows where that's going to go. Um, Kyler Murray, agree with. And that was it. So that's where I'm saying where the whole like DC conversation, it's not as easy as, hey, he's our guy, he's not our guy. It's like, dude, how do you know who your guy is? Right. And really you have to assess, this is kind of coming back to my original conversation with this guy is like, how do you really assess like how your team is? And then, okay, then cool. Do you want to buy this house for $200,000 or $1 million? Do you want Russell Wilson for five draft picks or do you want him for one? And you're like, well, I'll take him for one and then give him DC. Sure. But like, it's not that easy, right? You can't be like, I want Wilson, I want Watson. It's like, okay, if we give up four draft picks, then how does that help us, right? We have Wilson, but then where do we invest money-wise? Where do we invest draft capital-wise? There's so many different layers to it. So I'm just saying, try to understand the whole situation and be real with it, right? You, I, don't, I don't think it's fair to say, and that's why I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm such a car stand or not. Raider Cody, have a couple questions for you whenever you come on the pod because I think he's awesome. Sometimes he holds his ground and I'm like, oh, you know, but I think it's worth conversation. I think the best way to learn and educate yourself is just to put yourself in that situation and be real with it, right? So it's like, I love DC to an extent, right? And I feel like you're the same way. It's like, hey, I think he's great and great and sometimes not here and other times here. What I want wants Watson. Yes. Okay. Micah, you want Watson, then trade car, trade fucking Darren Waller, trade Jacobs and trade two first round picks. You'd be like, no. And you're like, okay, well you don't want Watson. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But Twitter works that way. Oh. And I'm like, God damn it. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I, it's like, 
your buddies that like know kind of something about sports and it's like 12 of them arguing in one room at once. And you're like, I don't know why I'm here. And you're like, cool, sick. And you walk out. And I'm not saying I know so much more, but it's like, dude, it's not fair to have like an honest conversation around it. So Twitter, I'm rattled. (laughs) Just, just so everyone knows I'm, I'm rattled because I'm like, I don't even know where to insert myself because people are like, huh, fuck off. And I'm like, ah, cool. You know, but like, you can't even have an honest conversation about what the facts are and, and really like put your fandom aside for a second and just say, Hey, this is how I look at it. It's exactly what we're doing. It's exactly what a lot of people do. And just say, Hey, this is the state of the state. And as much as people hate it, Mayock says, Hey, we will evaluate every position on our roster and every player throughout the NFL and rank them and, and figure out what their value is and figure out whether they can be an impact on our team or not exterior, you know, from, from the other NFL teams or within our team. So he was like, Gabe Jackson, I think you're great, but this is the cap hit. This is where we're at with our cap. And, and we got to cut you because we have Denzel good, or we have Simpson where we can acquire through free agency and save some money and be fine. Right. So it's like, how can you actually have an educational and honest opinion about something without just stepping back for a second and addressing it. So that's my rant. So I figured the best way to close this topic is for me to go on a rant, but um, I just think it's crazy, right? You literally named eight quarterbacks in the NFL and two or three of them were like, eh, yeah. you know, there could be a conversation. You're like, yeah, no, for sure. But like, you're like, Hey, I'm, I, I would still bet on it. I think that's fair. Cause I agree with you. But also, so then if you took those away, five, five, that you'd be like, for sure. Right. Like I own a house. I'm going to put my mortgage on it. You're like, I'm good. Right. Dude, that's crazy. But that's also where we're at because things can ebb and flow and go through certain different ways and people can plateau and, and whatever, and this prospect and that prospect and this down year, that down year, and you line yourself up with the, you know, potential to draft Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or whatever. Right. It's like the conversation will change constantly. And I just think it's, it's just like the DC shit is just like, it pisses me off because I'm like, dude, it's not about him. It's about who are we, where are we and what do we need to do? Like, yeah, I think he's great, but it's like, if Mac Jones gets there, I don't want him. Sorry, Chris Sims. But if Trey Lance gets there, if Justin Fields gets there, is it a conversation? It should be That's you have to treat it like a business. So if anyone wants an idea about what this, next couple of weeks are going to be free agency draft preview draft coverage and recap. Um, there's my brand, but I'm going to stop talking for a second. Um, thoughts. Well, my first thought is if you thought that Twitter was going to be a place where you could come with rational, logical and unbiased opinions, you're drinking at the wrong bar, my friend. <laughs> That that place is, they call it the Twitter streets for a reason because it's ruthless and it's the Wild West. It's, it's somewhere where no matter what you have to say and how valid it is and how correct it is, someone's going to tell you, hey, idiot, fuck you, no matter what. Sorry, and, and I said I would stop talking, but <laughs> okay, if, if we go back to prior episodes when I just joined it and, and you warned me about this just so everyone knows you warned me about this, but I was like, dude, I got into this skirmish and someone was like big Ben way better than Deshaun and Lamar and Josh Allen or whatever. And I was like, you're a fucking idiot. 
and he was Steeler gang 69 were 10 and 0, whatever. Right. So it's like looking back on it is big Ben better than Deshaun Lamar, Josh Allen. No, not at all. Right. And I was like, ah, ha ha, <laughs> like convicted. Right. Um, doesn't matter actually, yeah. <laughs> because it's like, it's just madness. Yes. And so now I like, I'm like so wise after six months where I like look at the the comments and I'm like, not worth that <laughs> yeah. at all, you know? Um, but not then worth I'm like, it. Yeah. See ya. Um, but dude, it's, yes, you warned me about this and, and I'm, but I'm also someone that I'm like, Hey, I'm down to debate and have an honest, and that's what this conversation was that I'm referring to where I was like, Hey, I want to hear what you think. And let me tell you what I think. And let's just figure it out. And this was a Niner fan. Right. But I'm just saying you warned me and I, and I, and I'm like, nah, okay, I'm in. And then I was like, this is not cool. And you're like, and you like hug me and you like pat me on the head. You're like, it's okay. I, I, I told you about this. You poked your hand in the fire whatever. Right. Anyways. It's very interesting when you get down to the nitty gritty of things and you look at it from that standpoint where you're like, okay, let's tell the future, you know, on, on these players and whatnot. And so that is an interesting thing to look at because you're right. If you were talking about me putting my mortgage on something, there is probably only five people in there. And it, it's an interesting thought. And as you said, like all things should be considered. And I think that's one nice thing that Mayock has been upfront with from the get-go. It's like, yeah, look, like we know where we stand on our team with certain things, but we are going to evaluate everything. The quarterback position is single-handedly the hardest one to you know probably do because it's one of the more most important positions on your team but twitter is not the place to be going after that so it's not it's (laughs) not at all but i like that i like that uh little exercise yeah it it puts things in perspective i i I just think it's it's a way to just you know because i've been there and you get fixated on one thing and say this is why i feel we need to upgrade or whatever but at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta look at it throughout and, and just say, okay, what are we actually talking about? So, um, I'm off my soapbox. Thank you, everyone. Um, it was a good chat. Um, good breakdown, Micah. So, you know, looking forward to getting into the secondary next week, excited to get into free agency. Maybe we'll roll through a live mock draft between the two of us. Who knows? Mm. And I, I, the last thing I will leave everyone with is that, um, I was put on blast. I was in public. I was out in the flesh. Um, and I was approached by two individuals and they said, Hey, you would let us know who Cubboy was and you haven't yet. And I said, well, you know, maybe you're not ready or maybe I forgot either way. Um, Cubboy will be revealed in the next couple of weeks, just so everyone knows. Um, and, you know, I think it's a, a battle that everyone's been waiting for. It's like, you know, the undertaker and another um wrestler that i don't know of ray mysterio is the only other one that i know of <laughs> is the undertaker and ray mysterio um so everyone knows about no uh triple h wild battle <laughs> that would be a wild battle one would be in a coffin one would be on top of the the the, the ropes waiting to front flip on someone so um anyways we will release that that's all i got raider nation love you guys stand up micah take us home yeah, as always, we really appreciate all the love. Share, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Give us those five stars. Uh, really excited to continue on with this stuff. Was excited to get into these linebackers. Been waiting on it because it's something we've been talking about for a little bit. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the content. Hope you enjoyed Andy's rants. Uh, I'm sure we will have more 
Twitter content to come. Uh, it is not. It, I think it's just going to go uphill from here, or downhill, however you want to. Um, Probably downhill. However you would like to view that. But uh, yeah, until next week, we'll see y'all later. Peace out.